In a world where uncertainty reigns supreme, where shadows of chaos dance at every turn, one truth emerges unyielding. Preparation is not a luxury, but a lifeline. Behold the Wellness Company, a beacon of readiness amidst the tempestuous seas of fate. Envision a sanctuary of tranquility, where the tumult of unforeseen medical crises finds no purchase. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit stands as a bastion of assurance, a fortress of resilience against the unseen foes of health. Within its sacred confines lie the tools of salvation. Ivermectin, to ward off the insidious whispers of disease. Emergency antibiotics, to quell the raging storms of infection. Antivirals, to vanquish the relentless tides of contagion and more. The Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit is not merely a collection of supplies. It is the embodiment of preparedness itself. Crafted by the hands of esteemed healers led by luminaries such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. James Thorpe, Dr. Harvey Risch, and Dr. Drew Pinsky, this kit stands as the pinnacle of safety, the zenith of prevention. These truth-seeking doctors have forged a testament to vigilance, a testament to the unwavering pursuit of well-being. Embrace the certainty that comes from being armed against adversity. Embrace the Wellness Company, for in its embrace lies the promise of resilience, the promise of a brighter tomorrow amidst the chaos of today. Don't wait for the next crisis to strike. Visit twc.health forward slash strange planet and use promo code strange planet for an exclusive 10% discount. Prepare today and rest easy tomorrow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Welcome to a special commercial free bonus edition of Conspiracy Unlimited Plus for premium subscribers. Thanks as always for your amazing support. I'm going to play you a short clip from a new video recently posted to YouTube by survival expert author Stefan Verstappen. It's a fictionalized account of what's happening in the world today. It's called how it went down seven dire warnings from the future the current date is december 21st 2022 an anomaly has appeared in the ionosphere above north america some have suggested it's a wormhole others think it's a birkeland plasma current connected to a time loop Either way, there is a slight possibility that if I can transmit an FM radio signal into the anomaly, that it could travel back in time to 2020, which was the last time we had a chance to alter the course of the future. 
Stefan Verstappen is a Canadian author, researcher, and adventurer. He's written dozens of articles for various magazines and newspapers and is the author of eight books, including The Way of the Warrior, The 36 Strategies of Ancient China, and The Art of Urban Survival. He's worked and is an instructor for St. John Ambulance, a wilderness guide, a community organizer, and a martial arts instructor with over 35 years' experience in the martial arts, including five years spent studying in China. He's the creator of the viral YouTube documentary Defense Against the Psychopath, the Paradise Stolen series, and numerous other videos. Stefan has been interviewed more than 100 times on radio, TV, and podcasts, including uh, this podcast, my radio show, Coast to Coast AM, of course, and uh, others. Hey, Stefan, welcome back to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good, Richard, and thank you very much for having me back on. I have to commend you. Your latest video available on YouTube, How It Went Down, and you're talking about the quarantine, and you describe this as science fiction. I played a clip off the top, but just explain to listeners what this series is all about. Well, what I wanted to do was bring you know, the events that are occurring right now into like a story form so that people could listen to it and then, you know, understand how this will apply to their lives. So I started off, it was just about over a year and a half ago with a video called How It Will Go Down, the most terrifying story you need to hear. And it was my attempt at kind of like, you know, shaking people up. Yeah, it's, you know, people accuse me of doing fear porn, but yeah, no, I wanted to wake you up a little bit. I wanted to wake people up a little bit because according to my reading of current events a year and a half ago, this is what we could expect to have happen to us. And it's not just my prediction, it's the prediction of many truth tellers, many people that have written on history and have written on current political situation that have investigated things like Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, and uh, what they wrote about, how they plan to basically, you know, destroy Western civilization and certainly destroy the middle class destroy what we once knew as our world and so i wanted to okay i'll put it together in a story form and people can listen and it's scary and it's dark yeah it's dark it's depressing but hopefully i thought you know this will spur people into action listen we got to stop this and uh, we got to get ready we got to you know prepare our families i give another video afterwards like how to deal with what happened in the first video how can you prevent all those terrible things from happening that I describe in the first story I put in the second story and um, so it gives you solutions you know the first one meant to scare you yeah I'm sorry uh, I wanted I wanted to shake people up and a lot of times it's like in those movies you know where, where somebody's getting hysterical and the other person slaps them across the face and they say thanks I needed that right so how it so, will go down meaning being Western civilization how it's all gonna collapse or, or maybe not even just Western civilization global civilization how it will yes collapse you paint this very grim scenario we should point out this is kind of like science fiction and we hear your voice you're speaking from the future 2022 December 2022 and yes. you have found a way you've noticed something in the skies above kind of a wormhole and so you've decided to send this radio transmission of your voice into the wormhole hoping it will reach us back here in the uh, present time and you're yes. giving us a warning what's yes. happening in the future in your time in 2022 and what we can do possibly to save ourselves although you admit it's it's kind of a hail mary pass 
Yeah. So what's happening in December 2022 as you're sending this transmission back to the uh, to our present day? Well, it's kind of the end of the road for the character that is broadcasting from the from the future, the last free man alive. And you know, throughout the video, I give warnings and uh, of what's going to happen, but I also give advice on how to survive those those potential dangers um you know how to prepare for it what to do to get ready so that you'll get through those bad times and um but you know here, okay uh spoiler alert even if you were to do everything that uh, i i recommend you know to get ready to be prepared to survive what's coming still it's going to be really hard richard it's going to be really hard if we if not we if if the the powers that be the new world order succeeds in implementing everything that they want to implement then you know there's not a lot of chance of us to escape that so that's why it's the warning you know get ready be prepared let's let's get through this but most importantly we got to figure out ways of stopping it from happening in the first place because once it happens now nah, man we're really in trouble then it's going to be a real struggle to survive but in the meantime we still got we still got a little bit of time uh, and that's why the message is being broadcast to 2020 which is now and uh, you know saying look now is the time we have to start to resist okay so let's walk through this what's right. so the the first warning what's taking place and what is the warning the first warning is to get out of the cities. As we see now what's going on with the ongoing riots throughout most major American cities, um, it's going to get worse. And I'll tell you why it's going to get worse. Because there's a few things that are going to happen that can't be reversed. This shutdown, this COVID shutdown has guaranteed, because you know I see it around you, me all day, every day, you see it too, Richard, all these small mom and pop businesses are gone. They're not coming back. Um, you know, the little pet food store, the 7-Eleven, the Korean variety store, you know, the fitness uh, outlet. I mean, they're all gone. They're not coming back. So guaranteed, we are going to see massive unemployment and with that homelessness, because the other thing is, all these businesses, people have spent years pouring their hearts and souls into to to make a business. You know, the, the ultimate American dream of, you know, you work hard, you start your own business, you can feed your family. It's gone. It's gone for these people. So when the mortgage bill comes due at the end of this month, there are going to be massive evictions. So now we're going to have like as if the homeless situation wasn't already catastrophic enough. They are now planning on dumping another couple of million people onto the streets. Have you heard of any program that's going to look after the homeless in this country or in the United States? Well, nobody's. Well, they, I mean, they have the, the Paycheck Protection Program in the U.S., and they've pumped trillions almost into that in the U.S. And, you know, I think that has proven that it's, at least for now, it has saved millions of small businesses especially. And I know that also that President Trump instructed HUD to suspend foreclosures. So that might be kind of a temporary Band-Aid solution. But at least for now, it seems like in the U.S., they've temporarily maybe postponed the inevitable or postponed 
the, the, a worst case scenario. It's hard to say. I mean, things could change. And, and here in Canada, we have CERB, which is paychecks going out to, to people who were no longer able to, to go to work or were laid off, et cetera. And that, that's created another problem. We now have a federal deficit, which is seven times greater than any in history. It's over 325 billion dollars, a deficit, not the debt. The debt has now been doubled, but I don't know. I think we could muddle, we might be able to muddle through this somehow, some way. So no question, there's gonna be a huge displacement of people and possibly there could be some foreclosures. But anyway, continue on. So what else is gonna happen? Because you talk about in this, again, we're gonna call this science fiction, kind of a twilight zone. You talk about with the heightened civil unrest, truckers are gonna stop delivering food and supplies to the inner cities. Yeah, that's already happening. We see that, you know, with these with these riots and listen, as if things weren't bad enough before the COVID, small businesses have been struggling for the last five years, you know, because of the increased taxation and, and increased regulations and bylaws and, you know, everything, every hoop they have to jump through. And, and, you know, like everybody thinks we had such a great economy, but, you know, down on street level, it hasn't been that great. And a lot of small businesses have been struggling. Yeah, okay. They got through it because now instead of working 10 hours a day, they're working 16 hours a day. So, you know, they're pushing through it, they're keeping it alive. And then COVID hit. Now, that was like a death blow for most small businesses. Okay, well, they get some checks from the government for a couple of months. You know, how long is that going to last? Personally, you know, you know me, Richard, I, I have zero faith in the government's ability to do anything right or to fix anything. So, all right, so they're going to send some money out. But come on, you know, we know that money has got to come back from the taxpayers. They're already talking about raising the carbon tax. You know, I mean, we're going to pay for it one way or the other. Either we're going to be taxed through the eyeballs or the currency, the value of the currency is going to drop and uh, we're going to see a hyperinflation so that, okay, now the government's paying you, you know, maybe a thousand bucks a month, but bread is $50 a loaf. Uh, you know, one way or the other, we're going to pay for it. So what is going to happen is so these small businesses, grocery stores and convenience stores, especially the ones that are located in the inner city, which were already struggling, and now they ha- got hit by the COVID, and now they got hit by looting and burning and all that. Well, they're all going to be closed down. Who's going to open up a store in the inner city? when people are running around burning everything down every night, nobody's gonna open up those stores. And then the other thing is, who's gonna supply those stores, if there are any, with food? Well, they have to be brought in by truckers. Now, I have a friend, a very lovely lady, she's a long haul trucker, she drives an 18 wheeler, and she told me a story, this was already two months ago, that when she was backing up into the loading ramp at Costco to deliver her load, there were already looters that were waiting. They had jumped onto the tailgate, broke the lock, opened up the door, and were tossing parcels and packages and whatever they could find in the truck to a half a dozen, a dozen waiting men. And uh, they all loaded everything up into their cars and they all took off. So already two months ago, they've already been looting the truck before it can even deliver its its groceries. Right. You point, and well, also in the video, there are a couple of truckers that are pulled from their vehicles and killed during the civil unrest, which leads to a nationwide trucker strike and they refuse to deliver anything to the cities. Yeah. You know, my, 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 my friend, uh, the, the lady trucker, now, I mean, she carries a 
pistol with her, okay? And uh, I've, I've spoken to her many times. I said, like, never get out of the truck without that pistol in your pocket. And, um, you know, things like that happen al- already. You know, they're, they're, you've seen those uh, those barricades that they put up on the highways and a truck comes through and they're jumping on the truck. They're trying to pull them out of the truck. What did it, you know, and then they're beating the, the crap out of these truck drivers. It's only a matter of time before they kill a couple. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Right. People, um, and people don't realize how tenuous the supply chain is. People might be familiar with the term just-in-time delivery. Well, that's the way it works with perishables. And and so cities like Los Angeles and Chicago and uh, especially New York and Ireland, they are so dependent. They're only about 48 hours away from empty shelves in many cases. So yes. if the truckers stop delivering, it would be pandemonium in these cities. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I don't blame the truckers already from, you know, rumors I've heard from, from my friends in it. I know I know two long haul truckers and they're already telling me that, you know, truckers are saying, no, I'm not delivering to Chicago. I'm not I'm not delivering to St. Louis because it's too dangerous. You know, they go into the city and, um, you know, there's riders or whatever, and uh, they're blocking the trucks, they're pulling them out, and they're robbing the trucks. I'm I'm sure everybody by now has seen that video of the uh, Amazon delivery van that pulled over to get a cup of coffee, and, and he comes out to find 40 people have cleaned out the back of his truck. Um, yes. This is what's happening now. Now, imagine... You know, the end of supply chain. Yes, Richard, it's very tenuous. You, you can disrupt that supply chain at any number of points and it would mean widespread hunger. Now, if if it's either the, the, the truckers that decide enough is enough or I'm not risking my life to deliver a load into that city or it's the source, you know, the, the, the meat plants which have been shut down because of the, the virus scare or if it's the farmers that have... How many stories have we seen now? Farmers having to, you know, shoot their livestock and, you know, pour the milk onto the ground because they can't get it shipped to market because there's not enough trucks and there's not enough markets. So, you know, they could destroy the supply chain at the source with the farmers or they could destroy it in uh, en route with the with the truckers or they could destroy it at the location where, you know, what whatever grocery store is going to open up, what are they going to do? Are they going to put up bulletproof glass in their store and uh, sit behind machine guns and, you know, people have to pay for the grocery? I mean, like, you know. Right. Uh, and, and so there's three ways. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was just going to say also in this uh, scenario, your character warning from the future that within these cities now, they're going to be sort of warlords and, and gangs forming uh, who are going to be going house to house and then this will spread to the suburbs where they are demanding that you turn over your food supply t- to them. Absolutely. Well, this has already happened. This is what happened in Venezuela. This is what happened in Rhodesia. This is what happens every time there's a breakdown in law and order. And look what's happening now. The, all this talk about the funding, the police, the police don't want to respond anymore to these emergency calls. And and, and look at that stupid Chaz city that they built there. What was it, Portland or Seattle? Uh, Seattle. 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 Yeah. Yes. You know, so 
the communists took over and decided to to show everybody their version of a uh, of a socialist paradise and the first thing the very first thing that happens is some some lunatic declares himself warlord of chaz it was a scene right out of lord of the flies yes Exactly. So, of course, there's going to be these guys that declare themselves warlord. And we've already seen the looters. Now they've made tenuous excursions into the suburbs. We've seen that couple there in uh, St. Louis. It stood out in front of their house, waving guns around. And by the way, they both had really terrible guns handling abilities. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Just terrible. They would have failed a safety test here in Canada, let me tell you, if anybody handled the gun like they did. But, you know, listen, that, that's not the point. The point is they were out there and uh, they were waving guns around because why? Well, these people came from the inner city out into the suburbs. And I remember the other story, this was a couple of months ago when uh, which city was burning, I lose track now, and, and there was some woman running around screaming, let's go to the suburbs, let's burn them down, let's burn them down well listen you think they don't know they're going to go to the suburbs now imagine what it will be like if no food is getting into the inner city the only place to get it is from a big box store out on the interstate highway these people will be going out into the suburbs and they will be looting houses because by this time people in inner cities will be hungry if not starving how are you going to get food to them Right. So it, it's you know it's a hop, skip, and jump to to predict that once they've finished burning and looting everything in their own neighborhoods, that they'll eventually go. Hey, wait a minute. There's rich people living out in the suburbs. I bet they got food. And for everybody to jump into the back of a wagon, get all your guns, and let's go pay a visit to them. And that's what's going to happen. Let's talk about quarantine centers. And again, this is a science fiction scenario. It's a fictionalized account. And you talk about people going to see their relatives that are in retirement homes and senior care facilities, and there's nobody there. They're gone. They're shut down. And then they go and the hospitals are empty, and they're told everyone has been removed and placed in a quarantine center. Tell me about this. I mean, remember, they are farmers. Farmers don't keep an old cow around that has stopped producing milk. The cow goes to the slaughterhouse. Farmers don't keep an old horse around that can no longer plow the field. The horse goes to the glue factory, just like Animal Farm, right? Animal Farm is exactly what's going on now. And so once your usefulness as a human being is up, and I know they've done these, you know, efficiency studies that show that, you know, your peak production is between, you know, the ages of 18 and 40, and then it tapers off. And by the time you're 50, your productivity is way down. And let's face it, the farmers that run the show don't need you. Your productivity is down. At this point forward in life, you are more of a liability to society, more of a drain on the resources of society than you are a plus. And the farmers that run this world will get rid of you. And we've seen it already there in New York with that Cuomo lunatic sending these people to the, you know, people that were sick with with the virus and they sent them to the old age homes and they started dying by the dozens. And so if you're over 50, your life is in danger as of this moment because your productivity is over. And even if you've worked hard your whole life and you've got some money saved up, that doesn't matter. They'll, they'll confiscate your, your your fortune. They'll find some excuse, some loophole in the law to take your house, to take your savings, to take your pension, and you're out of there. They don't need you. So in the science fiction story, uh, one of the things that happens are people that want to go see grandpa or grandma at the old age home go there and the old age homes are empty. Where did they go? 
Well, they went to the quarantine center. Now, in the story that I provide, quarantine centers are is a metaphor for death camps. That's what it is. And that's what the Russians did. You know, the, the, all of this is based on my study of communism throughout history. And that's what communists do. That's who's trying to take over the United States, communists. And what communists do is they get rid of everybody they don't like. And so we just use a nice friendly name. Let's call it the happy camp. So we're going to send everybody to the happy camp. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter what name you put on it. The thing is, when you go there, you don't come back. And that's in the video. Now, the other thing you talk about is a third wave of a pandemic. And it's being used as cover, actually. It's not the virus. It's something else. And they've used that to contaminate the, the municipal water supplies. Tell me about it. Well, listen, I, uh, there is a, uh, I forget what it is, I have to go through my notes, but there's a communist publication written back in the 60s that mentions one of the ways to take down a civilization is to poison the water system. And it's not that hard. Um, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the water reserves are not heavily guarded. You know, it'd be nothing to, you know, a couple of guys with a rifle break in there. And, uh, you know, a, a pound of anthrax in the water supply and that city will be, half the people in that city will be dead in a week. And it, they've written about this. It's not me making this up or conjecturing. This is part of their plans. They they wrote about this back in the fifties and sixties and, and their schemes to destroy Western civilization. Oh, and another easy thing to do is just poison their water supply. So would they do it now? What would I put it past them? Of course not. We're dealing with psychopaths. There is nothing that they wouldn't do. So I think, and then what better excuse than to blame it on the uh, the pandemic? Because who's going to know better? You know, if you die from anthrax poisoning or if you die from some bioweapon, who's going to tell the difference? The doctors? They're not going to tell anybody. Any Any doctor or nurse that would dare to speak out and reveal the truth, well, they're going to disappear too. Everybody knows that. That's, you know, every doctor in the world knows that this is a fraud, a hoax. Um, how come not every single doctor is speaking out? Well, I'll tell you what. I have a very good friend who is a, a doctor. He's been an emergency room physician for 40 years. They'll fire you. That's why they don't speak out. They'll fire you, and you will never work again. And those 15 years and, and $250,000 you spent to get a medical license, gone. And you will never get work again. So that's why they don't speak out, because we're, they're, they're, they're intimidated. This is the political correctness among doctors. So if they were to you know, start poisoning the population, then you can control it much better that way, too. You know, I, I put some anthrax in, in, in the water reserves here in Toronto. Okay, everybody in Toronto, half of them are dead in two weeks. But I live in Oakville, so I'm not going to put any poison in the water in Oakville. So we're okay. But if you release a virus that is really uh, virulent, then, well, that virus could spread all over the world and kill a whole bunch of people you didn't intend to get killed. So I'm, I'm more in the, on, along the ideas that they will target cities and communities and they will poison them. And um, it's cheap, it's easy, and it accomplishes their goal. For people that do flee to the country, let's say they have some property in the country, they have an escape plan, and they get there, you say that they'll come after them as well? Yeah. 
You see, they've they've uh, planned all of this down to the minute detail. There's dozens of foundations and think tanks that have millions of dollars and in money, they've done computer simulations. They already know. They know what you want to go. They know that there's going to be a certain percentage of us that are going to try and escape. And they don't want anybody to escape. And that goes against their plans. And as a, you know, you know me, we've talked about this before. I'm a prepper and a survivalist. I would love to retire, to escape to a little cabin up in, up in the countryside, buy a lake, you know, and uh, have a chicken coop and grow a big vegetable garden and just wait it out there. I, I don't need anything. Just leave me alone. But guess what? They don't leave you alone. They don't want to leave you alone. And they already know you're out there. They will follow you. And the reason I suspect this or I know this is because of what happened during the mass starvation in the Ukraine that is known as the Holomador. And you know, and this is back in the days long before telephone or, or drones or satellite surveillance. Um, there were lots of, you know, subsistent farmers that had a little farmhouse and it was way out in the prairies and it was far from cities. And, you know, they were just growing their own crops and feeding their own family and selling the excess on the open market to make a little bit of cash. And uh, did the Stalinists, communists leave them alone? Hell no. They went after them. They targeted them. They went after them so hard that between 10 to 20 million Ukrainians starved to death. They went up there and they stole everything. And it wasn't hard to do. They would send a truck, you know, with a half a dozen soldiers up, you know, grab the farmer's wife, grab his, his daughters, throw them on the front yard, and then tell the farmer, do you have any food hidden somewhere? Anything under the floorboards? Well, of course, the farmer's going to confess everything. He wants to save his family. And then they'll ask him, oh, what about uh, Farmer Brown down the street? Do you know if he's got any food hidden somewhere? Well, you know, and then they, that's what they did. They just went from farmhouse to farmhouse. They tortured and murdered the people and stole everything that they had and then left them with nothing so that most of them starved the next winter. You think they're not going to do that here? You think the same mentality, the communists, the socialists, the lunatics on the left, you think they're going to say, oh, well, let's leave those people alone. They're having a nice life out there on the cabin. <laughs> they they won't. They will come after you. And if you think you can hide, you can't. They already know you're there. So one of the things they'll do, or a couple of the things they'll do, and we've already seen that happening now, and that is set a lot of forest fires this is what they were doing in California. They drove a lot of those people out of their nice little houses, their little cabins up in the hills of California. They were driven out by the fires. Same thing happened in Australia just a few months ago. Massive forest fires throughout Australia. Whole villages and communities and everything were evacuated. Where did those people go to? They never went back to their homes. All those fires were meant to drive people out of the countryside. And if the massive fires don't work, we already know they have plans to cut your your electricity, your delivery of propane and heating oil. And so now what are you going to do? You've got your little cabin. Let's say it's up northern Ontario. And now winter hits, minus 20 degrees, and you can't heat your cabin. Um, how long do you think you're going to last? What about a wood stove? And, but not a wood stove because... 
it's already illegal to build fire in a wood stove because of carbon uh, uh, climate change, because of the carbon emissions. I, they passed some laws, and I, I forget, Richard. I'm sorry whether it was here in Canada or whether it was. Well, I know they're not. The they're States. not building new homes with wood burning fireplaces. That's true in the no. cities, but you can certainly burn a fire if you have an existing fireplace. You can burn it. You mentioned in the video that that they, if you're in the country and you're trying to heat your house with wood, and again, this is the, this future science fiction scenario, they'll fly over with yeah. uh, thermal cameras. Sure. And they'll see that they'll you've got a fire. Law. They'll just make a lot. Look what happened. You know, like we, we have seen undeniable evidence of the government's ability to inflict draconian laws at the drop of a hat without passing laws, without it being debated in Parliament or in Congress. I mean, they all just went around and said, well, now suddenly everybody do this. I mean, it's madness. There was no vote on any of this. Trudeau just said, oh, well, first of all, we're going to take all your guns. Second of all, you can't go to school. You can't go to work. You can't walk on the street. Where does where does these laws come from? They weren't passed by a parliamentary vote. They certainly weren't passed by a popular vote by the citizens of any of these countries. These little petty tyrants just decided that suddenly now you can't go to the beach. Now you can't go to the barbershop. Now you can't open up your business. Now you can't go to school. They made it up. They have no authority to do that. No right. legal well, they call it They call it emergency powers, right? It's- oh, well, there you go. See, now we got a nice name for it. Emergency powers. So it's a big, a big front. It's a big scam. Emergency powers. So now what you think? That, uh, you know, this winter, the, uh, you know, Justin Trudeau is going to come out and say, well, you know, we've got to uh, 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 meet our, our climate change uh, 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 so nobody can build a fire in their house. Boom, done. Boom, done. You can't heat your home. And, um, you know, in the video, I say that, listen, if you're out in the country, there's a couple of ways around it. Propane and kerosene heaters. I'm, I'm, I'm favoring kerosene heaters, you know, and but if you build a, a fire in your fireplace and the drones see smoke coming out of your chimney and Justin Trudeau already issued a new regulation saying that because of climate change, you can't build a wood fire. Um, well, they're going to come and get you. And they can do that. There's, there is no restraint on these people anymore. They what about geo, what geothermal? What about if you're hooked up for geothermal? Okay, but how many people are hooked up to that? No, true, I but I'm just they, saying it's an option, right? Well, it's an option. It's an expensive option. And, and uh, <laughs> how deep do you have to drill down? You know, I don't know. I don't I don't. I don't think it's that viable. Maybe if you're a millionaire and you've got your underground bunker, you can still heat it that way. But look, it, it's going to be dire that way. So I'm... I'm I think kerosene is your best bet and propane, but I guarantee you they're going to. Richard, I saw this already like three years ago. I went for a trip up north to all these small towns I remember. You know, I've been out of the country for 20 years. And I come back and I still remember all these, you know, small towns, you know, Huntsville and North Bay and Perry Sound and all the wonderful little towns. I go up there three years ago and it's it's just depressing. Already then, half of Main Street's boarded up. And I remember talking to some of the cottage, you know, the guys that run the, you know, the rental business. They have, you know, 20 cottages they rent out in the summer and they rent out the canoes and stuff. And, you know, I was talking to them. I said, so how are things going and where are you from originally? And I can't tell you how many people said that they had to move in with their in-laws or with their brother or their sister because they can no longer afford the hydro bills where they lived. 
because thanks to, you know, what's her name, the premier and her little Ontario Hydro deal that cost us a billion dollars. And nobody went to jail for that and wasn't even investigated. Where did a billion dollars go for? We paid for it. And in return, hydro rates went through the roof. And so people in these small towns up north, they can't afford to turn the lights on. And that was already three years ago. What, what do you think is going to happen now? Right. I, I've often suspected that part of this lockdown was a beta test, another beta test to see how how far they could push the population, how willing we would be to comply with seemingly outrageous demands. And so far, we haven't disappointed them. And so that's next. The next emergency will be, as you say, climate change. And we will be told that you can only have, let's say, your electricity on for three hours a day. And people will comply, unfortunately. Yeah, they go, they, it is a beta test, Richard. You know, look around you. I mean, I am so disgusted. Uh, I go to the store every day. I bicycle. You know, I'm a bicycle guy. And um, there's people sitting in their car, driving their cars, wearing masks. I mean, you know, I don't know what to say. I, but it is all of them. I'm the only one that doesn't wear a mask. They, they approached me a couple of times. You know what I did? I pulled out my driver's license. I waved it at them in an authoritarian manner. And I said, uh, medical exemption. And they said, oh, okay, okay. Because they're not allowed to question you. And then, you know, I just, I didn't have to pull out the, the, the driver's license. Actually, I have a security guard license. I pulled that out. It looks so official. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't have to. All I have to say is I have a medical exemption. And they're not allowed to question you. And then you don't have to wear a mask. But I'm the only one walking around without a mask. In the grocery store, at the beer store, you know, walking down the street, I'm the only one without a mask. That means like 99.99% of the people, they're just obeying. They will obey. They saw it on the CBC. The CBC told them, you know, come on, people. Oh, my God. You know, they watch mainstream media. And that's one of the things I always warn people to do, you know, turn off the damn TV. Never, ever watch it. Ever. Nothing. Don't ever watch anything on TV. Because even if you think it's not political, it is. There's, you know, subliminal programming in every song, every commercial, every TV show. It will be absorbed into your mind. I, I, mainstream media and Hollywood and TV, it's pure brain poison. Don't even look at it. Don't even listen to it. Uh, very quickly, because you uh, you talk about the collapse of the monetary system. Tell me about that. Well, it's inevitable. You know, that a lot of people believe that this whole COVID shutdown is just a cover-up and a distraction from the monetary collapse. And when it collapses, people will say, oh, wow, it was because of the virus. No, not because of the virus. It was because the government destroyed every small business in the country with these ridiculous social distancing rules. But it had nothing to do with the virus or the pandemic. It had everything to do with destroying the economy. And now that it's destroyed, there will be a real financial collapse. And, um, you know, that's uh, it's a perfect storm of events. First of all, we're going to have massive unemployment. No way to avoid it even if the government doles out some of our money a little bit uh, took back to us and and you know we can you know pay our bills for another two months another three months will they extend it okay extend it another two months listen this cannot go on forever and these jobs are never coming back so eventually that money's going to run out then what well, then it's going to be the financial collapse. People are being evicted from their homes. Now, when you have suddenly, you know, millions of homes vacant, what's, what's the value of real estate going to be? And think of commercial real estate, all these off 
office spaces. Nobody's going to the office anymore. Why are these companies renting expensive office space if nobody works there? They're all working from home. So all these office buildings and then the retail market, you know, that's been devastated. So all the retail market is going to be, the real estate market is going to collapse, Richard. There's no way around it. There's no way they can keep this going uh, because there's no businesses to occupy it. There are no businesses to open offices and there are no people that have enough money to pay their mortgage anymore so it's going to collapse now when that collapses we also have now you know stratoscopic debt and deficits it's just through the roof you know justin comes out oh we're going to spend billions what you're going to you're going to take that out of your trust fund justin or wait a minute you mean you're going to rob it from canadian taxpayers who can't pay taxes because they don't have jobs and the taxes are through the roof so they won't have any money even if they do have jobs after they pay taxes they won't have much left over to pay for rent it's just absolute madness so it will collapse and when it collapses well now we are into the final phase which will be widespread famine and starvation Right. So part of the thinking is that, as you say, governments, institutions, and even citizens have amassed such an unimaginable debt that there's only two ways out. One is to purge the system like a crash, which is like what happened in 1929. Businesses will fail, but then ultimately the recovery, it's like a reset. It's like you start over. But that's so politically unpleasant that no politician wants to do that. So that they're using right. what's happening now as cover. So they'll say, well, the crash was caused by COVID-19. It wasn't caused by by us. And so that's, that's what this is being used for. Cover, whether or not the virus is real or not, it doesn't matter. It's being used for this great reset. They're gonna allow everything to crash. They're gonna flush all the bad debt out of the system and reset, basically start at zero again. So that's basically what we're looking at. Or the the other option would be hyperinflation. You can inflate your way out of a debt, and uh, that's what happened in the you know like the the Weimar Republic in Germany right. in the 1920s when you needed a wheelbarrow full of money to buy a loaf of bread, and so yes. your money is worthless. So if that yeah. happens, either hyperinflation or the crash, what do you suggest we do? Well, it's too late already. I've been trying to buy because you know I I have people that. You know, call me and write me. What can I do? What can I do? Uh, how should I get ready? And I've, you know, one of my one of the things I recommend is that you uh, purge yourself of any cash holdings. Take your money out of the bank. It'll, they'll take the money that you have in the bank. So get your money out. Take it out of your retirement fund. There's going to be no retirement fund for us, Richard. You know, I retire in two years. I have no expectation of receiving a retirement or a pension plan. Uh, because they've already spent it anyways, and even if they didn't spend it, the hyperinflation would mean okay. So you know, normally you would get about 1,900 bucks a month, I think, for for average retirement fund. And uh, but you know, your rent's going to be 3,000 bucks a month because of inflation. So you know, I have no hope for that. So take your money out of the RRSP. So I know guys got hundreds of thousands of dollars in their RRSP at this point in game, as we can see clearly where our civilization is going to, how bad it's going to get. You would be a fool to leave your money in the bank. Take it out. And, you know, I recommend it to people to take it out and buy gold and silver. Now, one woman heeded my advice, and I told her this a year ago, and she had extra cash, and she spent $50,000 on silver and gold bullion. And she called me two weeks ago, and she says, guess what? I said, what? She says, thanks to your advice, last week I made $50,000. I said, what? 
my advice? What did I say? <laughs> How come I didn't know about this? <laughs> <laughs> but it turned out that, well, gold and silver almost doubled in a week. Now it's gone back down again. But when I was buying gold and silver back in uh, 2011, silver was already $55 an ounce and a US and gold was already $2,000 an ounce US. And that was back in 2011. Right. Now, well, yeah, it hit, 19, it hit 1900 for a very short period and then it went down to about 11 yep. or 1200 and now it's back up to 1900 again yeah but that's that's so yeah, it went up there for i don't know for no reason whatsoever whatever market manipulation they were doing now imagine hyperinflation yeah your the gold and silver will go through the roof so she she made fifty thousand bucks i think she lost another twenty thousand of it the next week when it went back down a little bit but listen that's how fast it can happen within a week you could double your money if you're in precious metals but either way when the currency collapses those precious metals i mean there's no limit to how much it could be it could be you know five thousand dollars an ounce for silver uh, it sounds ridiculous but uh, when you think like you mentioned during the weimar republic you required a full wheelbarrow full of money to buy a loaf of bread then five thousand bucks for an ounce of gold is not un un unheard of at all but i've had other people say yeah and i'm recommending to them they say well where can i buy it now i i buy my gold and silver from a couple of dealers here in toronto i had a different dealer when i lived in california i checked them they have no stock nothing and i checked them every couple of weeks to see if they got any stock in nothing so even if you wanted to buy silver silver bullion you know silver bars silver rounds or i i always buy bullion i don't buy numismatic because you don't get the money back on numismatic when uh, the shit hits the fan they only go by melt value at that point so uh, you might as well just buy bullion it's, it's melt value nothing available i tried a couple of other places nothing available so for the last three months you couldn't even buy gold or silver. I don't know where you would go to get some. Right, you suggest when the Shinola really hits the fan, you might wanna think about stocking up on cigarettes and liquor. What's the thinking there? Yeah. Oh, that's the universal barter items throughout history. <laughs> there is nowhere, you know, let's say you had to uh, buy some antibiotics and money is no good. So you offer the pharmacist two cartons of cigarettes and a bottle of vodka. They will take it because even if the pharmacist doesn't smoke or drink, he knows he can turn around and barter those, that carton of cigarettes and that bottle of vodka for something that he wants. Right. It's a universal barter item. Pay the so local warlord it, for a loaf of bread with a, a carton of cigarettes. Yes, I, that's how it works. That's how the black market works. You know, when you read stories about how things worked in uh, in Europe during World War II with the underground. Now. My, my parents are from uh, uh, from Holland, and uh, they were young at the time, but their their parents participated in the underground. And it, yes, it was barter. You know, so if you wanted to go to the farmer and get, you know, uh, get a chicken and uh, two dozen eggs, then bring a carton of cigarettes and a bottle of vodka. Guaranteed you will get what you want. It's a universal bartering item. And right now, it's still cheap because when the Shinola hits the fan, you know, the stress and the worry and, 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 and the constant anxiety Anxiety. People that gave up smoking 20 years ago will pay big money to have a pack of cigarettes again. They'll start smoking again. I know this from experience because the stress will bring it back out. And and people are going to want, you know, a shot of vodka at the end of the day because the stress is just too too much. And the worry and the anxiety. And again, when Shinola hits, there are no stores selling booze or cigarettes my God, the price of a, pack, a carton of cigarettes and a, and a bottle of vodka. I mean, you could probably buy a car for 
for that. It's a very grim scenario. And again, the video is how it will go down. This is- No, no, uh, how it went down. Oh, how it went down. Sorry, seven dire warnings from the future. How does, how does it end for the character? He dies. You know, I recommend making, taking all these precautions. But if, you know, they succeed in implementing all these programs, you know, the destruction of the economy, the uh, mandatory vaccinations, the uh, social credit system where, you know, you, you, you can't even buy anything unless, you know, your social credit rating is uh, premium, you know, meaning that you have never, ever watched a Richard, uh, listen to a Richard Surrett show, <laughs> because that'll put you on the Shinola list and <laughs> your social credit score will be in the toilet. So never listen to Richard Surrett. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm just just a friendly. Wait a minute, everybody that's listening, sorry. It's too late. You're already on this, so you can continue listening to Richard. But, um, you know, that's what they'll do. And, um, yeah, so even if you do everything, you know, you stockpile two years' worth of food. Now, I've read reports from people in Venezuela, and they were talking about what happened there. And they said they knew people that had two years' worth of food that were prepared. That nonsense has gone on for four years. Yeah. So they ate their food already two years ago. Now, you know, they're, they're, they're scouring the zoo to see if there's any zoo animals still alive that haven't been killed and eaten yet. Um, you know, they're, 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 they're searching for pigeons and rats to eat. This is now. This is Venezuela. This is what communism does. And this is where we're going because the communists, the socialists are in charge. So even with two months two years supply of food even being really smart and staying you know off the radar um, you know sleeping in abandoned buildings at night and hiding from because the other thing is the snitch network and oh my god look at here in Canada Canadians are a nation of Karens and snitches there's very few Canadians that really have any quality characteristics anymore um, the vast majority of them they will rat you out in a heartbeat so not only do you have to avoid the government you have to be careful about your neighbors they're spying on you they're looking because they'll get a brownie point you know if they can catch you doing something wrong their social credit score goes up and then next week they can buy maple syrup you know? mm. so they will rat you out for maple syrup um so you know it's bad like that and that's what Am I making that up? Look at what happened in every communist country. That's always what they do. They set up snitch networks, informants, you know, rat out your neighbor. They did that in Russia, in Cambodia, in China. So, you know, if they succeed in locking this all down, then you can't be seen by anybody. Not your friends, not your family, not your neighbors. You got to live like a fugitive only going out at night for short periods of time, you know, and you better have your own food because you won't be able to go to any store. And, uh, you know, if you have a, a firearm, maybe you could do a little bit of hunting to uh, supplement your your stored food supplies. But after two years, you know, it's going to be up. And so in the story, the character is now at the end of his two-year uh, store pile of food. What's he going to do for food? Uh, too late to get the vaccine, too late to get the microchip, because by this time, my prediction is, they will shoot everybody over 40 on site. The only people, you know, this Logan's Run, you know, that mm. science fiction movie. <laughs> 
that's what it will be like because, again, they don't need people that are beyond their peak productive value. But not only that, if you're 40 years old, you might still have childhood memories of freedom, ah, of what life right. was you would, like. You would be a subversive then. You would automatically be a subversive. I tell stories all the time. I've got a bunch of videos out. Stories that I tell about when I was younger and, and the, you know, the good people I met, the strong men that handled things that, that, that were good fathers, good husbands, good to the community. You know, I, I tell people those stories. <laughs> it's, it's like science fiction now. <laughs> you know? yeah. What? Good men? They care? You know, so they don't want to hear those stories. So they're going to make sure that everybody over 40 is not going to be around to tell the younger people those stories. And that what that leaves is the under 30s. And the under 30s have been so thoroughly indoctrinated into the socialist mindset. And so they're safe. They're thoroughly indoctrinated. They will never have an original thought. They don't have the slightest memory of what freedom was like. So they're okay. But everybody over 40, huh? I have a feeling that they will get rid of all of us over 40. And that's why the character at the end, he can't, even if he wanted to get the vaccine, even if he wanted to, you know, uh, Zeke Hale and go along with the program, they're not going to let him. They know he's over 40. He's a subversive. So uh, the character has nowhere to go and nowhere to find food. Well, listen, you know, everybody has dreams of hunting in the woods and all that. But the reality of that is, you know, it's not going to happen. You know, not in the Canadian winter. My God, you know, you could spend two months out there in the woods in minus 20 degree below zero weather and you're going to hunt. Forget about it. It's not going to happen. You're going to die. So that's what's going to happen to this old man. How it went down. It's a uh, kind of a science fiction Twilight Zone uh, episode. And if you go to the episode notes, I've included the link there where you can listen to it. Stefan, it's a grim scenario. I am cautiously optimistic, however, that they, the Marxists, the radicals, have overplayed their hand. I'm seeing a backlash happening all over the place, and I think conservatism is now the new counterculture, and uh, things are going to swing back. That's what I'm pinning my hopes on. Well, I wanted to, before we go, because I know we're just about out of time, uh, what I wanted to say to the listeners is that there there are three reasons to have hope. Number one, we outnumber them, a thousand to one. Also, if we get enough people to wake up, and I mean wake up between now and, you know, November, and stop going along with it, don't wear the masks at the stores, just say everybody's got a a medical exemption and nobody's wearing a mask, and shame those people that do wear a mask because they're the ones that are, you know, contributing to the downfall of Western society. Everybody is wearing a mask. You're the problem. You're not the solution. So we outnumber them and we can take them down and we don't need a huge victory. It doesn't have to be some you know, landmark battle, you know, that we're all going to get go out in the streets and shoot each other and we, we finally kill them all off. It's not going to happen like that. But if enough of us resist, it's what I call the, or what the Chinese call the death of a thousand cuts. We all take a little piece out of the machine, out of the beast system. We boycott, we, we do some memes, we, can, we convert some other people to the cause. And that is one way to defeat them. So that's one way to have hope. The second reason to have hope, and this goes to Sun Tzu. Sun Tzu says that in a battle between two armies, the advantage goes to the army 
who has morality on its side. We have morality on our side. Also, we want, Richard, you and me, we just want to be left alone. We just want to be able to work and support our families and, you know, have a, a picnic out in the park on a Sunday afternoon. We don't want to boss people around. We don't want to control anybody. We don't want to rule anybody. You know, we are the good guys. We are the heroes. You and me and your listeners, all of us, we're the heroes in this. History will sing our praises because we are on the right side of history. And and also, we don't have to lie, and we don't have to suppress, and we don't have to ban people, and we don't have to you know, shadow ban and dox and shut other people up because we only need the truth, and we can tell the truth. The truth is immutable. We don't need to cover it up. Our enemies are scrambling as we speak to shut everything down, shut this free speech down, ban these guys from YouTube, get them off Twitter, make a lot of noise so nobody can hear them speak on the street corner, shut them down. You know, I mean, they're scrambling just to cover up the truth. And that requires a lot of energy and time on their part. It leaves us free to move openly because we have the truth on our side and we are the good guys. And then the third reason to have hope is it's kind of an odd reason, but there was an essay written by an Italian economist about 25 years ago. It's called The Five Laws of Human Stupidity. Now, it sounds like a parody. It sounds like a joke piece from The Onion or something like that. But this guy was deadly serious. And what he said was that in every human sample of a population, so whether you sample doctors or, or college professors or truck drivers, any kind of sample from the human population will always contain a portion of people that are just stupid. There's going to be a certain percentage of doctors that are morons, a certain percentage of college professors that are total idiots. And it's immutable. It's a law of nature. And he also said that these stupid people always, you can't predict what they do because they're stupid. And they will do things that are so stupid, they will hurt themselves because they're too stupid to realize that what they're doing will have a backlash. So what you were saying, Richard, that the, the left is over stretched itself it's really got too far you know with with you know we can go on about that they've overstretched themselves but because they're stupid and here's the other thing the communist regimes purposely hire stupid people because they're easier to manipulate easier to control but here's the thing is stupid people will shoot themselves in the foot it's almost if we did nothing at all we never did you know spread any memes or did any free speech nothing no protest they would still bring themselves down because they have an extraordinary amount of stupid people in their organization and stupid people will take themselves down so there's three reasons for hope i'll give you one more god the lord almighty he'll watch over us stefan Always a pleasure. Again, go to the episode notes and click on the YouTube link for Stefan's video, How It Went Down. It's compelling and gripping and well-produced and uh, it's kind of scary, but remember, there's always hope. Thank you, Stefan. Thank you, Richard. You have a good day. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. 
Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting.